Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the Friday, January 12th edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Of course, we're coming to you live from the Stingray Studios, located conveniently between Simons and Bubba Gumps. If you want to walk by, give us a wave. We'll try to wave back. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line if you'd like to send anything in. We're going to talk some fantasy sports and other stuff in the next hour or so. Light night in the NHL. Two games on the schedule. Got the Preds and Stars, Wild and Flyers. In the NBA, the Toronto Raptors in action. They'll travel to Salt Lake City, Utah. The Delta Center to battle the Utah Jazz. Lori Markkinen. Averaging 23.6 points per game for the Jazz. Scotty Barnes on the flip side. Now, guy to watch out for. 20 points a game, eight boards, five assists. A couple other games in the association for you daily fantasy fanatics. And we've also got the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Two games tomorrow, three games on Sunday, and a Monday nighter. That should be interesting to say the least. I just want to start the show off. Uh, yesterday, we did talk about the unfortunate passing of local legend John Short. And, uh, Really, really tough news in our city, only to be followed up by the passing of a member of the 1440 family in Robin Brownlee. Jason Greger announcing that around, you know, 210 yesterday. Extremely shocking, sad news. I want to just pass on our condolences to his wife and children for their loss. And Robin was just uh, one of the good guys. He was always a pleasure to have on our show. We had him twice a week on the Jason Greger show. Always accommodating. He was a massive supporter of Sports 1440. All you had to do was scroll through his Twitter timeline and you would see, you know, promoting interviews, promoting shows, always helping out. And I just want to, again, pass along our condolences. And I want to also just give a shout out to some of the other media outlets in town that were uh, paying tribute to to the guys we lost. I thought everyone did a really good job. EST, Got Your Back, Oilers Nation. I saw it on Global today. Just uh, some really nice tribute. So shout out to everyone there and... Uh, tough day in the Edmonton sports scene, but they would want us to go on. So uh, we will do that today. We'll talk some sports. Of course, the Edmonton Oilers victorious last night in a, a game that was interesting. They find a way to get the job done. It's always nice when your backup goalie can go out there and help you. And uh, Darnell Nurse with the overtime winner. I absolutely love when Darnell Nurse scores. His haters quieted this season. You know, I also haven't heard much of uh, the goaltending coach. Almost forgot his name because I haven't heard it in so long. But people won't praise him. They just won't critique him. That's okay. Let's move on. Brandon, good morning. How uh, how you doing today? You were out with the Critters last night. I see you cracked open our Baja Blast, which is usually like an 1140 tradition, but you had to open it up an hour earlier. I'm blasting off early today, Connor, <laughs> as our uh, usual Friday tradition of uh, some Baja Blast shared amongst the, the lads here at the station. We even got uh, Donovan, the intern, in on the mix yeah. today. His first Friday with us, so uh, excited to get his feedback on Baja Blast Fridays. But no, it's been good. Yeah, Friday night in Pinoca with the Critters, uh, just under $5,000 raised for uh, Pinoca Minor Hockey and their Junior B team. Uh, they're the Stampeders who are kind of working on getting back on their feet after uh, COVID. They took a bit of a hiatus and are working on getting back into the competitive mix as a team in the Heritage Junior League down uh, in Central AB there. So just under 50 grand raised so far just this season alone and uh, well over a million dollars raised uh, in the 30-year history uh, for the Critters for minor hockey associations, rink renovations, you name it, all across the province. So uh, a great initiative 
one that I'm more than happy to uh, sacrifice a few hours of my uh, occasional Thursday evening to, to help be a part of and support. So great time. Uh, beers afterwards were cold. The pizza was great. Uh, always a good time with those boys. Love to hear it. Uh, some news today from the NFL as well we can touch on very quickly. I'm sure you mentioned it. Uh, the commanders hiring Adam Peters as their new GM comes over. But you believe the assistant with San Francisco like that move for them to be totally honest with you. That was a guy I'd hope the chargers would get a chance to interview and potentially look at. I absolutely love what John Lynch has done. Uh, the aggressiveness that he shows bringing in talent in seasons when they're already powerhouses, Christian McCaffrey, Chase Young, you know, those types of moves. There's more free agents that they've brought in. I like what they do in San Francisco. So to bring in a protege of Lynch, fantastic move for the commanders, working with a lot of, a lot of cap space and a top pick. It's going to be uh, cool to see what the commanders can do here. Later on in the show, we will preview the weekend in the NFL. We'll go game to game, look at the spreads, maybe some prop bets we like in each matchup, and you know probably inevitably make our picks on who we think is going to win. Uh, Taco Envy West says, fellas, is it worth burning my first round pick to keep Tyreek in my keeper league? That's a good question. I mean, Tyreek Hill was a first round talent, I would say, in your keeper league. Where are you picking? Who's going to be better than Tyreek Hill? Because as a fantasy player, unless you can get Christian McCaffrey, who I assume would be kept, Justin Jefferson, there's not too many better than than, uh, old Tyreek Hill. Yeah, like as, as unless it's a, uh, I know super flex leagues, one of which I'm a part of. They uh, quarterbacks obviously off the board a lot earlier, most of the first round, with the exception of players like the aforementioned Jefferson McCaffrey. And after this year, I have to think Tyree Kill would be included in that mix uh, mix too. So I, I certainly, I mean, he's a first round pick in in virtually any format. So uh, using a keeper on it, I mean, and people have different rules for their keepers. Sometimes you have to, like, you can't keep first round picks because they, uh, you know, you have to technically bump them up around. And since there's nowhere to go, vice, uh, same kind of goes for second rounders. But if, if you're allowed to, to keep him and you're burning a first rounder on it, I say go for it. You're, you're, you're not going to find many better pl- or players better uh, than him. So even if you're in the middle or the back half of your draft, yeah, it, it's a no brainer for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like that one. And if, like we said, if you're going to go back, Brandon, and you're doing a redraft of the 2023 NFL fantasy season, I, I think a lot of people that took Justin Jefferson first overall would reevaluate their strategy, go with Christian McCaffrey. JJ was good when he was in there, but had the quarterback issues, had his own health issues. So uh, for Tyreek Hill, I, I see no reason for him to slow down. Tua Tungavailoa is only going to get better. I I would assume the offense will only get better. Now, he will turn 30. So I guess if if you're someone that that believes that that big drop-off at the age of 30, maybe it's it's more with running backs. It doesn't seem like Tyreek Hill has really slowed down. For a lot of us, he was right there on that MVP list throughout the entirety of the season. Second in receptions, so he gets targets. First in yards, first in touchdowns, tied. And I, I mean, I feel like he's added a lot to his game. He's not just the deep threat that maybe he's portrayed as, as yards per reception, 15 yards. That's 47th in the league. Now, granted, there's probably a few guys who have like three receptions and they're all big plays, uh, but Tyreek Hill, no signs of slowing down. Better stats in year two, despite playing one less game, same amount of receptions, doubled the touchdowns. Yeah, I think if you have Tyreek Hill, I think you definitely have to find a way to keep him if you're able. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty is the text line. Any questions here? I saw some questions coming towards the end of the Kevin Carey's show 
Brownie, and I don't know if you guys touched on them. I don't know if, if we should or not. There is uh, one here, a keeper with a 16-team league roster size 36. Did you guys touch on that, or or shall we? No, I think that was uh, Larry being um, proactive and getting it in uh, ahead of the usual slew of uh, messages we receive as soon as we crack the mics after the 11 o'clock hour. Um, but yeah, Kevin and I did not uh, not get to it at the end of the show. How about Laporta Kincaid will be top five tight ends next season? That was kind of our, our final topic of discussion was because um, it came about talking about Mark Andrews uh, possibly being back for the Ravens' first playoff game as they uh, will host... Um, uh, who at one of the victors from this coming wild card weekend next weekend in the divisional round and talking about like who will be the first uh, tight end off the board in football drafts next fall in all redraft leagues uh, is Travis Kelsey's time as an undisputed number one coming to an end are the young up and comers Trey McBride Sam Laporta uh, going to be in the mix where does Hawkinson go coming back off injury so that was kind of our final topic of discussion was the tight end position and um, yeah Sean saying that uh he thinks Laporte and Kincaid top five. Well, Laporta wasn't he not a top five tight end this year? <laughs> I would, unless there's a massive sophomore slump, I would assume he'll just Ke- continue Kevin, on. Kevin did say he thinks Laporta will have a step back, um, which I'm not in agreement with. The Lions, I think, are only going to keep getting better. They're continually a team uh, on the rise. Uh, you've seen it last season to this one, and I think that will continue. Um, Dalton Kincaid, though, yeah, that's an interesting one. Because Dalton Knox had been a bit of a fantasy darling tight end, a big yeah. uh, touchdown uh, option for Josh Allen over the past couple of seasons. And even now back from injury, he sure did not get a lot of reps in that uh, Miami game. So I think Kincaid's the undoubted guy moving forward with them. They they used a pretty high draft pick on him. And uh, what about the guy who's probably going to be in the top 10 this year, Brock Bowers? <laughs> Depending on what team That's he, where I was leaning. what team he lands with is like, is he have potential to be like a uh, second, third uh, tight end off the board next year, next fall? Well, I was going to say, you know, when Brock Bowers lands through the San Diego Chargers, well, Los Angeles, of, right of so San Diego, the Superchargers, the Superchargers. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert has probably never had a tight end of his ability. I am a big fan of Gerald Everett. I think that guy's an absolute baller. But uh, you know, Bowers is, I think potential to be something special there generational type talent at the position right i mean yeah maybe not the well we'll see we'll see how he gets into the blocking game listed right now six four two forty almost like just a beast of a receiver like a chase chase claypool but better (laughs) smarter question (laughs) maybe a a better football player uh the pop chase claypool had great numbers at notre dame god we can't do even his his rookie season in pittsburgh like he was mapletron right that was (laughs) (laughs) the guy made plays oh how time has passed us by that one was it four touchdowns he had in one game yeah it was crazy man like he's the guy he's the receiver you build in a lap i just don't get when that doesn't work out gotta put it all together but yeah, I, I think that I think that Bowers, depending on where he ends up, what his situation is, I think he's probably looking at a top five, top ten tight end as well. Especially if you get him in a keeper league, could be Huge. a great investment. Okay, let's get to that text from Larry. Uh, keeper league, sixteen teams, roster size thirty six. Stats, goals, assists, power play points, plus minus, pims, shorthanded points for goalies, goals against average, save percentage, shutouts. I have Ovechkin. I'll make the playoffs. Doubt I'll make it past round one. I'm facing a rebuild. Should I cha- trade Alexander Ovechkin for Yegor Chinakov? What do you think, Duke? Also says, sorry for your loss. Hugs and warm wishes to you and your staff. Larry. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. 
Uh, yes, thank you, Larry, for the the text. Uh, I we do apologize we didn't get to your your message yesterday, but thanks for sending it back in. That's always encouraged. Uh, but to all of our, our listeners and texters, if we don't get to your question, please resend it because, like I uh, mentioned, the sometimes there's so many coming they get shifted down the uh, the stack here, and we we kind of mis misplace them in terms of the order. So thank you, Larry. This is an interesting one. Chinnikov been a probably one of few pleasant surprises for the uh, the Blue Jackets this season. Um, he, he's he's looked quite good. And Ovechkin, I, I, we talked about this with, I believe, uh, Anna Dua earlier this week um, as one of the players that she kind of really pencils to have a much stronger second half. You know, uh, he's currently shooting at an, a career-low shooting percentage. Yes, uh, father time undefeated, but, I mean, we've seen Ovechkin still score 30 goals uh, pretty almost at whim, um, you know, back a couple seasons, and if I'm not mistaken, he hit 40. So, like, I think it depends. Like, is it just straight up Ovechkin for Chinnikov? Because that is, like, if you're really confident that you have no sniff at uh, advancing past the first round of playoffs this year and maybe you're moving towards a higher draft pick or something, I could see it. I think Chinnikov's definitely got a bright future um, in, in Columbus as their team. that They're going to have to assess what pieces there are actually long-term fits because – you know, they trade for Line A, they sign Gaudreau to the big contract, they totally retool their defense this season. It uh, hasn't necessarily worked out uh, super well for them either, like this year or uh, last, as they sit at the bottom of the Metro Division by a lot. Like, quite, quite annually, the only team they outpace in the Eastern Conference are the Ottawa Senators. So, um, it's, it's risky because for Chinnikov, you have to hope that he, you know, stays in the fold and I mean, it's the first year with their their new head coach uh, after the debacle with Mike Babcock. So Brad Larson obviously likes him. He, he utilizes him quite a bit. But Ovechkin, I mean, man, if you're in the playoffs, I don't think you can really quite cut bait on him yet. And when you have experts like Anna Dua saying that they are hoping and anticipating a second-half turnaround for him, uh, the Caps have looked a little better as of late. If it were me in your exact same position, I'd be holding on to Ovechkin, at least for the time being. I because like you're basically selling it an all t- like you're selling at the lowest possible price for him right now. Even if you trade like an off season type trade in your fantasy league, assuming that those are uh, allowed, like if he has a good second half and you want to cut bait on him later, you could probably get a better price for him uh, if he's not a keeper or, or or if he is a keeper. Pardon me. I'm just scrolling through the roster of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I don't want to pour salt in the wounds, but well, they probably don't even care anymore. Johnny Goudreau, 25 points in 42 games this year. Zach Wierenski has as many points as he does in eight less games. Wierenski's on my fantasy team. Need, need the boy to stay healthy. But, uh, man, Johnny Goudreau, what the heck happened? And you're right, uh, Chinikov, I mean, kind of growing pains in the NHL level, like most. Uh, 17 points in 31 games this season, 10 goals. That puts him fourth on the Blue Jackets. Consistently plays top six. Uh, I believe yeah. he gets some power play looks as well. Uh, I think. As of I just I just got the tab opened. Um, Daily Faceoff has him still on the top power play unit. Like the, it's a youth movement, and it's kind of funny. Like where does Johnny Gaudreau fit into this long term when you've got uh, Adam Fantilli, yeah. uh, Chinnikov, Cole Sillinger? Uh, you know he's is a couple of years in the league now. Kent Johnson. The, the deployment of some of their young players has maybe been head scratching at some point. Even a guy like Kirill Marichenko. They've got a lot of talent in the mix. And then even Gavin Brindley, uh, Adam Fantilli's teammate at Michigan, second rounder last year, he's looked great again. Um, I would expect him to probably be with the club next year, uh, if not maybe even at the end of Michigan season this year. So it's a youth movement. And I mean, like, is anybody going to ever take that Johnny Gaudreau contract or is he just going to be happy <laughs> being the elder statesman, like the only veteran player in this forward core? 
He's close to home. <laughs> Not that close. <laughs> uh, text coming in here before we get to break from Derek. With Jordan Love's progression, do you see value for Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, or is it too early to get excited for them? Thanks, Derek. No, Derek, thank you. I don't think it's ever too early. I mean, Jordan Love has been great. And the the one thing that I have that it might be a concern, and it's not for if you have Jordan Love because he's going to spread it around, but it is that exact thing. Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, all prove they can make plays. I didn't even mention Christian Watson. I mean, he's got injuries. He's lower down there on the, the stat sheet. But then you also have Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, who finish with almost identical numbers. 34 receptions for one, 31 for the other. 352 for one, 355 for the other. Two touchdowns for one, one for the other. Injuries to Musgrave. But Tucker Craft got right in there and proved he it, can play. It was basically a tale of two halves for the, the Packers, the tight end position, because Luke Musgrave kind of came out like came out like gangbusters and was looking like, uh, I think back early in the season, one of our guests, you know, kind of like a poor man, Sam Laporta, yeah. which was no knock on him because Laporta obviously off to such a great start to his career. But Musgrave was a, was a high... Um, a high-profile ad at the tight end position. He goes down to injury, unfortunately. Uh, but Tucker Kraft kind of picked it right up. The only reason I'd be cautious about this is because both of them look so good that it might be a pretty split-duty type thing. And um, I haven't uh, done enough looking into the numbers about usage in uh, pass pro compared to pass catching uh, downs or, or schemes. So... Like if both of them are in theory an every down tight end, they can both block and pass catch to to equal abilities. Then like they're gonna split duties, and it's until one guy really cements himself as the de facto number one, and that might not happen for a couple of years. Like they might evaluate and then maybe trade one uh, away while it still has value. So, am I excited about them individually? Yes, but with both of them on the Packers, I don't know if they have a ton of uh, fantasy upside individually because like i said they're going to be splitting targets splitting reps splitting uh snaps run that power t formation with uh, the two tight ends 30 31 personnel every down <laughs> now the one thing like you you put them together let's say hypothetically musgrave doesn't go down uh the tight end position of those two finishes with 65 yards 700 yards receiving three touchdowns like the touchdowns are a little low but pretty good that's just this green bay packers team i don't know about you know studs but they've got a lot of very yeah, good players. The youngest team in the league. You, every one of those receivers you just left listed off are only in there. Like at, I think Watson's in his third season, or is yeah. He, yeah. So like, and that that's the elder statesman of of that crew, right? The most veteran presence. There's a lot of positives right now for Packers fans. They, they made the playoffs, even if they uh, get blown out by the Cowboys at AT and T Stadium on Sunday. Much like my Texans on Saturday, you got to hang your hat on a good year. This was supposed to be kind of part of the rebound or the rebuild, right? Like give Jordan Love this first season at uh, as a full time starter, going to be growing pains, and we saw those growing pains. The middle of Jordan's Love seasons or Jordan Love season was not pretty, but he turned it around and down the stretch he looks as good as just about anybody. So uh, the Packers are a team with a lot of fantasy upside heading into next season. And the only down the downside will be that they spread the ball out so much there might not be any you know top five top ten guys but a lot of probably top 25 30 guys yeah and my my only concern was it could go week to week jay and reed romeo dobbs each at eight touchdowns yeah i was a big dobbs guy but i think i started him a little too late when uh, jay and reed started to take over unfortunate for me and i i like seeing tucker craft and christian watson have success because south dakota state you know small school not they just produce pros uh, we'll take a break when we come back we'll get back into the inbox here one 401 We're going to preview the weekend in the NFL. It is Fantasy Frenzy 
with Hallie and Douglas here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It is Friday here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. The text line, 1-833-401-1440. Lots to get to. Lots to discuss. The sporting world never really slows down. Kind of a slow one tonight. But hey, we're going to go to the inbox for the Canadian Brew House. If you're looking for a place to go watch some hockey, maybe some basketball as well, the Raptors look to bounce back after a couple of tough games in Los Angeles. You can head down to any Canadian Brew House location. And if you do so, remember, download the rewards app for the Canadian Brew House. You can get it at the App Store on Apple or Google Play. Start earning points and rewards. Plus, you get a free order of garlic fingers just for signing up. Highly recommend you do that. Get the chocolate cake and uh, have a few drinks. Enjoy the company. Always a good time down at the CBH. Uh, we want to do a little bit of a preview here as well for the NFL and uh, share some of our thoughts on each game. Maybe a, a prop bet you might want to sprinkle down or two. Montana DeRice, just checking in here quickly. Really hoping your Texans win, Brandon. I love D'Amico. I feel like we all love D'Amico, Ryan, to a certain extent. So let's start off at that game. Cleveland Browns, Joe Flacco, elite quarterback, traveling to the NRG Stadium down in Houston, Texas, to take on the Texans. Maybe the, the shocking team of the year right now. The Browns, one-point favorites in this one. Behind that defense, the run game, and the elite decision-making of Joe Flacco. Uh, Brandon, when you look at this game, with the spread, I mean, it's almost non-existent. It's one point. Uh, that's a tough one to cover, I guess, unless you're going to go the other way. But anyways, when you look at this one, uh, any prop bets, any anything that stands out to you as uh, something you might be able to sprinkle a little money down responsibly? Uh, always responsibly, of course. If I were to uh, look down some of the player props, maybe um – I think an anytime touchdown score for for Nico Collins is is a great one. Um, you can probably take your pick. I, I think Jerome Ford probably. I th- I think Cleveland will try and duplicate what Indianapolis did for at least the first half against Tech, uh, Houston last weekend, uh, where you really kind of hit the ground and pound game. Which, as we all know, you got to you got to establish the run to then create some options in the play action game for passing. Uh, Joe because Joe Flacco does play action as good as anybody. Um, in the last 20 years of the NFL. He's he's tremendous with it. Uh, and then the, the actual quarterback props for their passing yards. Uh, currently, Joe Flacco's 268, C.J. Stroud's 242. I love the over on C.J. Stroud's there. I think the te- Texans haven't been able to run the ball all year with very little uh, or very few exceptions uh, at certain games. So I think they're going to be passing the ball a lot. C.J. Stroud, of course, has had a great season. So uh, C.J. Stroud's over on passing yards. And, I mean, hey, if you want to get a little uh, extra adventurous, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of the same game parlay when there's just one on and you can kind of keep your eyes on the whole thing for the entirety of it as opposed to the uh, the full Sunday slate that we see throughout the regular season. Uh, so I'd be looking at maybe uh, like a Nico Collins TD, CJ Stroud over on the passing yards. And for me personally, uh, I'll be staying away from adding in, say, a Texans win because I, I know I should be more optimistic <laughs> with the season the Texans had. And Kevin disagrees with me so much, but I just do not think that this is a good matchup for this Houston team, uh, even if they are at home. The Browns had a great year. They overcame basically every obstacle thrown their way. Injuries have plagued them. Um, I, I'm a big Browns believer this year. Uh, I hope it's not at the expense of my Texans. I hope they can come up with a win. But, yeah, I, I, my, my bet for, for tomorrow is uh, Nico Collins anytime TD parlayed with C.J. Strouds over 243.5 passing yards. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a game where 
thankfully, we're going to get it in the dome. It's going to be nice. Weather's that, not that, going to play a factor. That's the biggest thing that benefits Houston. Yeah. But that also benefits the, the Browns because Joe Flacco can absolutely sling it as well. So it's like they have a good run game, but that doesn't mean they only rely on the run. They can pass the ball as well as anybody. When you've got Amari Cooper... If he's uh, if he's healthy and David and Joku down there and Jerome Ford and Cream Hunter good catching the ball to the backfield too so uh, yeah they've they've got a ton of weapons. Uh, Damian Pierce anytime touchdown. How you feeling about that? He one? Do- Did he take a single snap at running back <laughs> last week? Has it's a, crazy. Has what? a player dropped off more than him? It's unbelievable. He looks good on kick returns though. That's wild. He so there you go. Anytime TD he had a kick return TD uh, against Tennessee. Isn't that funny? Uh, when you give him the ball, he can find the end zone. Find some open space. And like, he's properly blocked. It, I'll be, like, I watched every Texans game this year. Even like the, in the single Terry missed a couple games, Pierce got uh, bell cow work again. He just, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it looks doesn't even look like the same player as we saw <laughs> last year before the injury. So he, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he can turn that around. You know what that might be? If you're in a keeper, or probably more so a dynasty league, not a keeper league. If you're in a dynasty league, and somebody still has Damian Pierce like stashed way down on the depths of their bench. That might be a really like a, a high upside buy low option right now to to in, to try and pry out of there for you know another underperforming guy, maybe a late like a third round draft pick in your in your rookie draft or something because the town's still there. We saw it. He, he was on pace to win Offensive Rookie of the Year last year, <laughs> or at least be a finalist. And uh, and this year he was virtually non-existent. So disappointing for sure. I had high hopes for him, but yeah. Different uh, different circumstances, I guess. Saturday night it is the Chiefs hosting the Dolphins. I think two teams that probably had aspirations to have this bye week, but that's not the case. And in Kansas City, looking at the weather, looks like it's going to be not freezing cold, pretty cold, not like uh, exactly what we have, but uh, still tomorrow, very cold. Minus fourteen is a high, and then that's also, Fahrenheit. Yeah, no, I have it on my app. That's got to be. It's got to keep it in what I can understand, I hope. <laughs> but uh, Gusty, not ideal for the air attack of the Miami Dolphins. Now, they can chuck it down and, you know, short plays, let their speed receivers make plays after the catch. Uh, but, Brandon, I mean, over under 43 and a half. I hate to do it, but I might look at the under in this one. I can't believe it's still this high with these weather conditions. And, I mean, we all know how dynamic the, the Dolphins offense can be. The Chiefs have been a little more, uh, a little more ho hum in terms of scoring points this year. But when Patrick Mahomes is under center, it's tough to ever discount them, even if his receivers um, have been far from inspiring this year. So the, I, I think I'm on on board with you, Connor. The, the total seems way too high given the weather in this game. Um, like they're both, I think both teams are going to run the ball to death. Uh, with like the wind being the big thing, right? snow rain you can usually work through that throwing the ball but the wind that can be a complete game changer kicking field goals and stuff is a is an absolute lost uh uh lost cause like zero chance if you're more than 30 yards out if the wind's big enough so i i think i'm with you i like the under here mostert and h hn will have to win them that game that comes in from montana to rice uh pacheco on the other side i think patty mahomes can uh rip it through the winds to uh he throws it hard those little muffins he throws in the air yeah. just get taken it right out of the stadium do we just like I'm just joking he, Chomsky does, I'm just he, joking. does he actually throw the ball softer or is it just because he's left-handed that it looks like he does I think he puts very nice touch on the ball he's got touch but can he can he yeah, really I think he, he can. can can he rip it I don't buy it people are like oh if you make him right if you flip it he looks so much better I have nothing no problem with his motion I just don't think he can throw it like over 60 yards I mean he definitely doesn't have the smoke who's the, uh, the Tennessee quarterback that 
he has zero touch and he can only throw it a hundred miles. And Hendon Hooker, this year, this year Tennessee's quarterback, and he's like a fourth year guy. Um, he's been around out he, of Tennessee. Yeah, like he can throw the ball harder than almost anybody I've ever seen, but zero touch. <laughs> like it could be a checkdown, and he's just beaming it over there like a fastball coming down over the plate. <laughs> Uh, Sunday, three games. You got the Steelers and Bills kicking it off. That's a one o'clock Eastern time out in Buffalo. Potential for rain. I mean, that's that's Bills Steelers football, baby. Over under right now is set at thirty four and a half, with the Bills being nine and a half point favorites. I mean, you know, the Steelers can run the ball, and the Bills defense hasn't looked as good. Josh Allen at times has looked iffy. I'm not saying the Steelers uh, win this game. He's, he's a, Josh, the Bills in general can always, they're a little irresponsible with the football. Fumbling been a big issue for virtually all their runners this year, uh, quarterbacks and RBs alike. Uh, Josh Allen always uh, has a propensity to throw some uh, some interceptions because he's, he's a risk taker, you know, big risk, big reward. I still think I like the Bills to cover this game. No TJ Watt for the Steelers. Um, even with like the weather, the, the total is tantalizing because it is so low. But once again, the weather is brutal. So I think I'll, uh, I'll be satisfied taking the bills to cover nine and a half. Yeah. And I'm just looking here. 85% chance of rain today. And then tomorrow, 70% chance of snow. Oh, that's going to be a fun one out in Snowball. Orchard Park, New York, Western the, New York, the low New York team. And then we'll go to two thirty our time. Cowboys Packers. This one should be interesting. Over under set at 50. That might be one you hit the over. Uh, Dallas right now, seven point favorites. But, you know, that, that I mean, this is just like the, the classic football game. Packers, Cowboys. How can you hate it? I think the Cowboys win this game, but I'm on the pack to cover. Um, seven points is a lot for a team that has looked as good as the Packers have. But I totally get if you're, if you're on the flip side because the Cowboys have been unbeatable at home and their offense has uh, been just as unstoppable. Uh, down at AT&T Field in, in Arlington. So this is a curious one. I think the Cowboys win this game. To me, it's just a matter of how much. I don't think it's going to be by more than a touchdown. I think the Packers keep themselves in this game. Jordan Love's look great. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good game, as will most of these games yeah. this NFL weekend. Uh, Cowboys at home could be the advantage they need. Hey, tickets available as low as $77. Now, I, I think the Cowboys find a way to get it done as well. Six o'clock, it's Rams Lions. There are some tickets available for as low as three hundred and seventy-two dollars. <laughs> a little tougher ticket at uh, Ford Field out in Detroit. Of course, the Lions twelve and five, the Rams ten and seven. Only a few short years ago, Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford were playing for the opposing team. Of course, they got swapped. Matthew Stafford goes on to win a Super Bowl. I'm sure this game, as much as it, you know. Jared Goff will say it doesn't, has a little more meaning. And the Detroit Lions look to pick up their first playoff victory in like 30-some-odd years. It would be something. The Lions are building something special there. It does look like currently Detroit three-point favorites. Another one, the over-under set at 51.5, which might be tempting to hit that over. Brandon, uh, anyone you like in this one, anytime touchdown, any any things you think we should watch out for? Take your pick on over anytime touchdowns. I mean, this uh, the the Rams between Kyron Williamson, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup. This is the stuff he lives for, right? I mean, this is this is a Super Bowl champion team with still uh, the three big pieces in there: Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the ball. Whereas the Lions, like Amon Ross St. Brown, is an absolute dog. I, I love that guy. I think they're going to probably like if Laporta plays, which I forgive me, have not checked on the, the most up to date status of him. Like it's not going to be at a hundred percent. Obviously I think they're really going to rely on some of their receivers. Uh, Almond Rob being the biggest name. So I, I think I'm probably looking at some over on both quarterbacks, passing yards um, in this one. And then uh, maybe some anytime touchdown scores. I love Kyron Williams. 
Uh, he's had a great season. And then um, Amon Ra in the mix too. So I'm just trying to see what the yardage totals are for our quarterbacks, player passing yards. Uh, 275 for Stafford, 260 for Goff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in Detroit. That's in indoors. I can see them airing it out all game long, and this might be a bit of a track meet game. So um, I can see both guys touching 300 here. Sam Laporta, happy 23rd birthday, young man. Wow. Was spotted at practice today with a big old knee brace on. So uh, RoboCop game. Looking like a tight end. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. I hope Goff gets his revenge, but I don't hate the Rams either. So uh, I, 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 I'm I on the lines to win this game. Or pardon me, the Rams to win this game. Oh, like, you, as, as you swapped there. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I still picture Matt Stafford in the Lions <laughs> uniform after all these years uh, in, uh, in SoCal. But yeah, I, I think Stafford, like... Between, like, Sean Mc... Like, I love Dan Campbell as a coach, but Sean McVay might be the smartest coach in the NFL, and his knowledge of Jared Goff and how he kind of turned him from what was bordering on, like, a bust first overall pick into uh, a team that, you know, was, the like, the second rendition of greatest show on turf. That first year they went to the Super Bowl with the disappointing finish loss to New England. Like, Goff... Or McVay knows Goff inside and out, so I think some game planning and coordination with the defense... Um, could give the advantage to the Rams, and they're rolling right now. Detroit had a great season, but I think this might be a, just the first step as they continue to build. They made the playoffs, now they lose in the playoffs, and then next year they might go on a bit of a run. That's right. my long, long, long-term projection for them. Well, I mean, yeah, I thought they both the Chargers, and then they lost the Jags, and then they went. So, But, but you know what's crazy? I obviously could still see the Lions winning this game, and if they, like, I could see the Lions going to the Super Bowl. Like, if they go up against... Um, San Francisco in the NFC Championship game any given Sunday, right? The Niners seem like a wagon, but we've seen them stumble uh, at times this year. And if the, like, quarterback injury, uh, like an injury or something can totally turn the table. So as much as I'm saying I think I like the Rams in this game, I could also see the Lions winning and running all the way to a a Super Bowl game um, in February. I don't think they get past the Niners, but it, I like, it would be tough. I like your optimism. Finally, Monday night, Eagles and Buccaneers. How about this? If you just scroll through the league leaders and passing touchdowns, Dak, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Jared Allen, Tua Tungavailoa, then Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield had one more touchdown than Patrick Mahomes, played one more game, also had four or less interceptions. Mahomes is just the bar we look at for great quarterback play. Uh, Eagles declining, but... No reason to believe they can't turn it on at a snap of a finger. It's tougher than it is to just say it to happen. But uh, Eagles, Bucks, that'll be an interesting one down in Tampa. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Eagles here. I think at best they they maybe push. Uh, the line I have in front of me is three points. Can they win by more than that? Yeah, if they get all their uh, poop in a group, as the expression grows, it goes. But uh, I think they win the game. They they just have too much talent. This is team that was at the Super Bowl last year. They've looked terrible down the stretch. Apparently, Big Dom not being on the sidelines really impacts their uh, ability to play football and Nick Sirianni's ability to call plays that aren't the most predictable it in the world. It doesn't feel safe. It, it, this is the game I'm combination least excited about and, all, and also the most uncertain about. You and I have been kind of pumping up the Bucks all year. Of course, your uh, fanfare for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as receivers. Mine for Rashad White in the backfield. And Baker Mayfield, I think he should be very much just as in consideration for comeback play of the year as the likes of uh, uh, Joe Flacco and, of course, DeMar Hamlin uh, after the scary incident we saw at the end of last season. So uh, Baker's been great and pretty safe with the football. But the issue with that being, is Baker going to take enough risks uh, if they need to, uh, if they're like say trailing to the Eagles early in this game, so uh, this this one I don't really I'm I'm totally unsure on, but I'll say the Eagles because I think they're talented. 
Baker taking risks, say less. Yeah. <laughs> you like the deep ball. Also, he, he throws a great spiral. He, he's got a group. He's got a cannon for an arm. I will say that. I also, when I was clicking touchdowns, like statistically to see who had the most, I wanted to see where Baker sat. I, then I clicked it by accident and it gave me the least. And there's a lot of guys who've thrown zero touchdowns, but for some reason, Aaron Rodgers is at the top of the <laughs> list. So. Maybe ESPN with a little shot Touch, at touchdowns, touchdowns per attempt. <laughs> One attempt, zero, zero. Finishes off the season with a 2.5 QBR and a 39.6 quarterback. You're telling me that rating. guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Those are not Hall of Fame statistics. <laughs> we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll wrap up the show. We'll let you know what's coming up on the Lowdown with Low Tide as well as the Jason Greger Show. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Turkey here on Sports 1440. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy. Final segment here of the week. We are Baja blasting off now. The weekend is getting near. Connor, Halley, Brandon, Douglas with you. 1-833-401-1440. The show, as always, powered by Wheelhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out online. Wheelhawk Beef Jerky. Also, go check out the Canadian Brew House tonight for some great action, great food, great drinks, great memories. Go hang out with the loved ones. That's what you got to do this weekend. That's my challenge to everybody out there. Go see your friends and family. Uh... Brandon, today on the station, once you uh, pack up and, you know, get on your merry way, we are going to have the lowdown with Low Tide. And as per usual, Declan Kruger does a great job booking that show. He's got the lineup out. Today on the show, they'll be discussing the nine-game win streak. What a run. What a run. NHL rumors at 12.20. They've got the declinations at 12.40. For those who don't know, that is a top five list. And you know Declan's going to fire people up with that one. Also, 1 o'clock, we will have Steve Olansky. And at one twenty, Tyler Yaremchuk of Oilers Nation and Daily Faceoff. Then on the Jason Greger Show, we'll have uh, Brian Diardo of CBS Sports joining us to talk a little bit about the NFL. We'll head out to Montreal for a preview of tomorrow's game. Cam Tate will be by at 2.40. Uh, I've heard his two-minute warning. It's, it's going to be a good one today, sharing his thoughts on the late Robin Brownlee and John Short. Uh, we'll go to Montreal. We'll also hear from Wanya Gretz of Oilers Nation, Mark Spector, and Alan Mitchell. I'll be a great show today from 2 to 6 on the Jason Greger Show. Into the text line, Gord sends a very nice message to Alan Cord, I just want to give you a reminder. Send that back in about 10 minutes just to make sure that Al sees it. Montana DeRice's Lions defense isn't good. That's their problem. Yeah, I will tell you, Montana DeRice, I watched that Chargers-Lions game earlier this year. The Chargers lost, obviously. 41-38, though. Like, I, and I, that's when I thought, that's when I thought Brandon Staley should have been fired, for one. And my second thought was, this Lions defense needs to pick it up because that's not good enough. You can put up a lot of points, but in the playoffs, you're not going to face off ideally against the Brandon Staley led defense that, you know, you're going to have to find a way to slow the opposing teams down. So for the Detroit lions, I think that's going to be key. And the Rams, I mean, Brandon, you said it, Sean McVay is a offensive guru. Matthew Stafford can sling it. You've got uh, a newfound running game. Puka Nakua out of nowhere. I'm sure some people saw this coming. I sure didn't. And then Cooper Cup. Uh, the Rams are going to find ways to move the ball down the field. Uh, at some point, that Lions defense certainly is going to need to get a stop. Brett, text in. Hey, guys, just want to give you 
guys and everyone a heads up that if you have a high efficiency furnace to knock off the ice buildup outside at the vents. Good advice, Brad. It is freezing out there. Um, also, information nobody asked for, not even information. Turn those headlights on and the taillights. Uh, there's certain points on the white mud and maybe various parts around the city where it is quite foggy. So turning on the taillights might be nice because there was one point, there could have been a cliff 20 feet ahead of me. I would have just driven right off it. It's quite foggy out there, or at least it was on my commute in there. So yeah, that's good advice, Brett. Appreciate that one. Uh, Brandon, what are the weekend plans for? Are you going to head down to a Golden Bears game this weekend? I would really like to. The UFC Dinos uh, are in town. Pandas at the Drake tonight at 7 o'clock, uh, taking on the Lady Dinos. And then tomorrow, uh, they'll flip the home-and-home home series for each team. The G-Bears back at the Drake, uh, taking on the team that they're uh, chasing down in the U-Sports uh, Canada West uh, standings. I um, I don't know if I'll make it down there tomorrow because I think this uh, Chiefs, or pardon me, Bills, no, who's playing? Chiefs-Dolphins game tomorrow, <laughs> excuse me, uh, will probably have my attention um, and, of course, I'll be on the couch uh, cozily, wrapped up in probably Ooh. a heated blanket. With a hot cocoa? Uh, no, maybe beer. Uh, <laughs> a hot beer. A hot beer. <laughs> hot beer, my favorite kind of beer, uh, to watch the Texans in Cleveland. But uh, I'm headed down to Delburn uh, tonight, so I won't be able to go to the Pandas game either. Uh, senior Outlaws in action against the Provost Combines and a little uh, Senior A hockey. They're EC- called the Combines? The Provost Combines. I uh, love yeah, it. Yeah, you betcha. One of the best teams in the league uh, have been for a long time, so it'll be a tough matchup for Delburn, but uh, looking forward to seeing the boys. Um, I'll be on the call for that one. Senior Outlaws Facebook page if you have any <laughs> any interest in, in tuning in and checking it out. Got a live video feed, myself on the play-by-play. And then uh, other than that, you know, I'll be honest. This is where I, I, the guilt gets me a little bit. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll just probably spend the night tonight in Delburn, whether I go to the bar and have a few beers and crash in town or just head back to the farm following the game. It is so cold out. All my thoughts and, uh, you know, are with the farmers, anybody really that has to work outdoors, but particularly you're dealing with animals, livestock and stuff. Yes, they are obviously a little more hardy and uh, cut out for cold weather than say us, uh, us wimpy humans, but that people calving, uh, calving out cows right now, it's, it is virtually impossible to do uh, in weather like this. So yeah, yeah, all those people are in my thoughts. Am I going to be sticking around to the farm on Saturday? I don't think so because I, I need to get back to watch this uh, Houston Cleveland game. So uh, if you're working outdoors in any capacity, Stay warm. Take breaks if you if you possibly can to get in because uh, like this this weather is potentially fatal. Uh, like that's how cold it is over the next couple of days. So uh, I'll be I'll be thinking about anybody working outdoors. Um, and otherwise, yeah, have a great weekend. A lot of good football ahead of us and uh, of hockey night in Canada. The Oilers uh, into the mecca, my mecca of hockey uh, at the Bell Center in Montreal. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it. High of twenty nine under. <laughs> Minus 29, that is. <laughs> minus. <laughs> For those who say it that way. Yes, and then tomorrow, high minus 27. Sunday, high minus 26. Like, stay in if you can. Stay warm. Help people if they need it. It's uh, it's going to be very cold. Montana Derices, all caps. Thank you, Connor. No one had their lights on this morning in the fog. It's brutal. Yeah, it's so simple. I think people just don't know. And then, you know, coincidentally, sometimes it's people that are driving in two lanes, and you just got to stay back. Let them have their distance. Uh, Brandon, what time is puck drop for Delburn? 8.30 p.m. Okay, send me a send me a text with a link. I'll tune in. I'm hopping on a podcast with Gavin Turnick tonight. We're going to talk some NFL. Oh. And then I'll watch the Delbert Outlaws. I love it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. 
Instagram story. I'll have the link to the uh, the video. I'll cast the, it to the, my sorry, TV. The, the, stream. the stream. It's a live stream. Looking forward to it. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Really do appreciate it. Also, again, uh, just the kind of words you guys have all shared with us here at Sports 1440 over the last 24 hours. It has meant a lot. Thank you very much. Uh, check out the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get it from. And uh, stay safe out there. We will talk to you on Monday. Right now, let's get to a update brought to you by... The amazing folks at Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.